0: Hello, hello! Welcome back to My Spooky Gay Family. I am Pissy Miles, your resident spooky drag queen.
1: And I am Sam Baxter, the resident spooky drag queen's resident sister. Yeah, <laughs> so many residents there's in this so house. so many residents! <laughs> have you checked the fire code? Is this legal? <laughs> like, are we gonna uh, get
0: Probably not. I'm gonna get kicked out. I'm not allowed to have more, more residents or dogs in my apartment. That's the How do they feel about help.
1: cats? Because I think there's enough hair on my shirt to, like, technically qualify me as half a cat.
0: Uh, right? I actually don't know if we can have cats. I don't think we're allowed. I remember there being, like... Some kind of pet ordinance. And I know for a fact we can't have dogs. I'm not positive about cats. We might be able to have a lizard. (laughs) We could have a lizard named Fido.
1: I don't think I've ever seen Elise prohibit a lizard.
0: I can't imagine how they would unless they came in to change the HVAC system and they were like, why do you have a Komodo dragon?
1: (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, and this is my spooky gay family. (laughs) In the intro, I think that's the first. I know. Uh, I, I love
0: that we go on these crazy tangents, and let me tell you why. I'm like, let's go on a tangent about why we go on tangents. It's very meta. This is going to be a very meta episode. It's a very meta episode. Actually, it is kind of a meta episode. But now is. that I think about it, we are going to be talking about a lot of stuff today, kids. And I'm I apologize. I I started off with hello, hello because I've been watching The Comeback with Lisa Kudrow. <laughs> have you ever have you ever watched it?
1: I, I haven't. I had honestly assumed it was because we are in the midst of a season of Drag Race.
0: We are in the midst of a season of Drag Race. Season eleven is currently airing while we are uh, recording this episode. Um, but he my, does three
1: hellos, not two. So he
0: does. He does hello, 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 which yes. was based on the comeback. Did was you? Was know it that? really? I did yeah. not know that. Because Valerie Cherish, played by Lisa Kudrow on the comeback, used to come in going, hello, hello. And uh, so RuPaul. And he's a one-upper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so RuPaul was a big fan of the show, and he starts saying, hello, hello, hello. And that's, that is literally where it came from. That's why Lusa Kudrow. Uh, <laughs> that is why Lisa Kudrow appeared on Drag Race, because it was simply because, because RuPaul is a fan of the comeback.
1: That's that's kind of awesome. Actually. Isn't it
0: amazing? I love it. If you have not seen The Comeback, listeners, you have to go and watch it. It's on HBO Go. That's where I'm watching it right now. And my husband is very mad at me that I'm doing it without him.
1: (laughs) Oh, you're allowed to do that in this house?
0: No. (laughs) That's why he's mad at me.
1: (laughs) I was going to say, because I I certainly know that if I watch like one episode ahead of Sarah on something that we're watching together, it's like couch for a week.
0: Well, with David and I, it's even worse because I'll be like, oh, I'm watching The Comeback. And he didn't even know it was there. And he'll be like, you're watching it without me? like, I'm like, we didn't, e- we didn't even <laughs> talk about this. And then I'll do the same thing to him. I'll be like, I don't really want to watch Sabrina. I, I have no interest. And then so he'll watch three episodes of Sabrina, and I'll be like, you watched it without me? And he's like,
1: you told me you didn't want to watch it.
0: It's <laughs> we like, just <laughs> expect the other person to have some telekinetic experience.
1: I um, I went to watch Muppet. Christmas Carol, two years ago, Mm. uh, because it was on Netflix, and it was, like, a week before Christmas, and I went to hit it, and it was, like, resume playing, and (laughs) and I got irrationally angry, because that meant that she had watched it without me. (laughs) To be fair, I
0: would also have been angry to know that she had watched it without me. (laughs)
1: Like, I had a moment, like, I'm sitting there with the controller, it's like, son of a Bitch! <laughs> like we got irrationally angry that someone else had watched a Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> oh,
0: poor Muppet Christmas. I I love Muppet Christmas Carol. That is one of the best movies ever.
1: It is. And it's my favorite.
0: And Muppet speaking Christmas. of no. uh Muppet Christmas Carol, we have a very interesting topic today. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we do. <laughs> it
1: so we're does gonna try to
0: strangely coincide. Yeah, it with does. That actually Carol. works
1: out pretty well. But um yeah, no, we're so we're gonna try to keep this. You know, light and airy and funny for everybody, but we're going to be talking about death today on My Spooky Gay Family, because what is spookier than death?
0: Absolutely nothing.
1: And it's always all in the family.
0: We did. We wanted to talk about... I you know, don't even know what that means. <laughs> I it's it's on the... Well, in our family. Oh, well, yeah.
1: I, I mean, in everybody's family, it's kind of a Drop thing that like everybody fly. does. <laughs> you know, death and taxes. Death and taxes. Although some people don't pay their taxes, and you should listen to Bianca Del Rio on that subject, because it's very important. You, you know, it's funny. David taxes. was just
0: yelling at me yesterday. He was like, we need to file our taxes. I was, like, I, I was like, I don't know what to do. I have my stuff. We just haven't sent it to the accountant yet. <laughs> It's so strange. It, it makes me feel like that is the only thing dad would be proud of me for is that I can say, like, we haven't sent our taxes to the accountant yet. Like, <laughs> I have an accountant. That's I, weird.
1: I have H&R blog.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a steady stream of support from my good my good uh personal accountant at h h block
1: we actually do see the same woman every year it's that's actually it's kind of funny she remembers us every time and i'm sitting her going like this is just because like we're the only dyke couple that comes in to see you every year what is her name her name is mary mary oh, so there's a chance she could be a lesbian herself uh she is not are you sure? I am. I am sure because we actually we've discussed it. She, she's, <laughs> really?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh. Um. She was actually she was telling us a really nice story. Actually, the last time we were in there, um, that her her son who is a professional pianist and a composer. <laughs> I know where this is going. Um. <laughs> Just no, actually, partner. no. Um, he actually one of the places he plays is um Dignity, which is the the. It's a Catholic gay organization that does mass for um gay Catholics who wish to remain Catholic. <laughs> hmm. Um and she was very effusive about how how nice and how how lovely it was that she had gone to see him there and she felt kind of very inspired by the fact that all these people wanted to do was sort of practice their faith. So she's she's an ally but she is not one of us. <laughs> well that's
0: fine. Yeah, I mean I, I guess the only thing like if you had said her name was Terry, I'd be like she's lying to you. That would like right But <laughs> Have you? I mean, has anyone ever met a Terry that wasn't a lesbian yes, and actually. wasn't a man? Yes, actually. I have. No, you haven't. That no, is I a lot.
1: I used to work with one. No, uh,
0: the only time people name their daughters Terry or well, some variation. No one thereof, names their
1: daughter Terry. I think they name them like Teresa. Well, yeah, but the only the w-
0: that is the thing. No <laughs> one starts calling their daughter Teresa Terry until she starts wearing fucking plaid. That is the only time people call a woman Terry.
1: Are you coming for my plaid right now? I like, am absolutely.
0: Closet. <laughs> It's tartan.
1: It is tartan. I am. I am a proud, partially Scottish woman, and I like me some tartan.
0: We do love a little tartan in our family. I'm actually very excited for my Pride look, and I'm not going to give it away right now. Um, I'm. I'm going to be participating in World Pride in New York City uh, on June. And uh, I think it's thirtieth. Is it the thirtieth?
1: When is Pride? <laughs> it's always the last weekend in June.
0: So I think it's the thirtieth. So that's enough information that's for the Sunday. <laughs> I think that's what it is. I think it's uh, Sunday, June thirtieth, but I'm not. I'm not entirely positive. But I will be appearing on a on a float, and I will be wearing some tartan. But it is a very distinct tartan, and uh, you should you should all just come to Pride and see it. And that's
1: afterward, I mean. he's tending bar at the Tilted Kilt.
0: <laughs> <If> only. <laughs> Although I don't want to tend bar, especially at Pride, those, those <laughs> crazy faggots are going to at so turned. <laughs> they canceled my show that I night. Mean, they, don't, they were yeah. like, "Don't even come to work. It's not worth
1: it." <laughs> <laughs> you can't make it to the stage. There's too many people here getting fucking drunk.
0: Absolutely. Though I'm 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 usually at uh, Barracuda on Sundays with Sherry Pie, and the, the manager there was like, "No, we're not doing the show on Pride Sunday because it's, it's going to be um, fucking crazy."
1: It's actually kind of funny. Again, weird tangent. The only time I have ever tended bar was actually at a Pride event. Really? Yes. Um, when attended I tended bar. I don't know if I would call it tending bar. I would call um, opening beer bottles as fast as possible for a bunch of middle-aged lesbians at the Dyke Ball.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> Just serving a lot of
1: Michelob Ultra. <laughs> no fucking Red Stripe. Okay, red I stripe? was I was eighteen. I had decided to do my like my activism because I was eighteen and a really loud and angry little <laughs> gay girl. And, a loud, so, angry lesbian. So I, I know, right? Like like the horror. But um, I, I went into New York City for four months straight, not telling dad I was going, um, after school every Monday to go to Dyke Ball um, and the Dyke March um, planning meetings and volunteered to 10 Bar for the Dyke Ball because I was too young to drink at the time. But in New York, you have to be 21 to drink, but you only have to be 18 to 10 Bar. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, that is, that is, ap- or at least it was a fact when this happened and I'm not giving you the year, so fuck you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, that was the one and only time I ever attended bar. That was also the first time I had ever tried beer because really? I was a loser. And like it was me and this this other girl who was um frankly kind of cute and um, just a little bit older than me um and um yeah no she kind of she was like like oh my god this stuff is so nasty like you would never even believe i like I don't know I don't like any beer I've never tried beer and she handed me she goes this is an abomination and you have to try this and she handed me a red stripe and it is the most disgusting thing that I have I've never ever put in my it. mouth in my life it is um. It is I can't even describe it. Like like I like beer now. And I would never ever in a million years drink another red stripe. Like I think I actually hate it worse than PBR.
0: Do you think that do you think that lesbians drink it just to 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 prove
1: a point? No, I think they drink it cuz it's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like like I don't even know what point they would be proving. That they're broke. That's the point. <laughs> that they're broke and this was this was not a charity event, but you know, a, a community funded event and we bought the cheapest beer possible.
0: See, I expect that more from from my gay boys. We're, we're well you guys cheap will drink paint drink. thinner. And we choose to yep. off, <laughs>
1: <it's> like,
0: <laughs> above other things sometimes. <laughs> Video head cleaner. Jeez. Is there
1: even alcohol in that? Is there even rubbing alcohol in video head
0: cleaner? All I know is that I know – someone offered me poppers uh, at a bar the other night. And I was like, you're just doing poppers at a bar? I don't even
1: understand what poppers are.
0: Basically, it's video head cleaner. I'm not even kidding. It's video head cleaner that you – they sniff and it's like a a very short high. But it like relaxes your whole body. And so gay guys use it during sex.
1: Okay. Yes. As like (laughs) – would how is that better than like a muscle relaxed it's not better
0: than anything
1: i <laughs> like, actually it. Like, i people don't actually do understand how that would okay
0: i mean I, I don't know i have never personally done poppers and i i very respectfully declined his his invitation to join him i was like why are you doing poppers like At a bar. Yeah. And like, they weren't like in the bathroom fucking. They were just like at the bar. And he was like,
1: I love how you have to make that distinction. It's like, I wasn't in the designated (laughs) fucking area. Area
0: of the game. (laughs) I won't tell you which bar it was either. (laughs) They're they're like, we heard you. (laughs) And you're fired.
1: (laughs) Okay. So now that we're 20 minutes in, so this week's topic is death.
0: It is. It is death. We are going to be talking about all things related to uh, death and the afterlife today here on my spooky gay family because we were we were talking and we were saying uh, how uh, our beliefs are shaped by death and everything from what we are afraid of to how we live our lives and, and things like that. So we thought it would make an interesting little discussion to talk about it for you guys. I think it's I think it's really interesting right now what is going on in terms of death as, like, a cultural phenomenon. Because this whole idea was brought about, for me at least, because David and I, my husband David and I, uh, are very interested in things like true crime. (laughs) And true crime has become insane.
1: Oh, yeah. No, recently it's just documentary after documentary after documentary. There's entire online communities dedicated to it. It's, it's, it's that true crime so hot right now. It's good. And, and I always
0: say to David, I'm like, I feel bad because for me to have this thing I enjoy, it means that something truly terrible has to happen to someone else. And I would never wish that that happened, but I'm, I'm glad that they are doing documentaries about things that have already happened. (laughs) <laughs> does, that, does that absolve me of some of the guilt of enjoying this? It's like, the, it's,
1: it's like the Wikipedia page on like, you know, serial killer with the highest body count. Like, please note, please don't add to this page by becoming a serial killer.
0: Yeah, like it's <laughs> it's
1: like which is an actual thing. It apparently says on there, and I does think that's really? hilarious. Yeah,
0: there, um, wait, there's a Wikipedia page for this. The there's killer a Wikipedia the page
1: for count. everything. My God, I can't even imagine who has the highest count. Um, it depends on. There's there's a whole bunch of definitions. It's like it's like I know. Well, that's like for, for the day- the highest count American killer is Gary Ridgway, the the Green River Killer.
0: Yeah. Well, that's because he was doing it for like 2 or 3 decades.
1: I mean, most of the ones who have a really high body count were doing it for at least like 5 to 6 years. Yeah. Um and then you had John Wayne Gacy with 33. I don't actually know what um Gary Ridgway's total was. I, I just
0: listened to a book about John Wayne Gacy. And I, it's funny because I feel like John Wayne Gacy is one of those one of those prolific serial killers who like everyone knows his name and like generally what he did but i didn't know almost anything about what he had done
1: oh thank you our our point. intern is here with my count for me sorry <laughs> um gary Ridgway murdered 71 women that were aware of
0: that were aware that, of. and
1: that he's and they were
0: they were mostly sex workers and uh uh sex workers they were mostly they, they, sex workers they were sex workers. <laughs> <laughs> were sex workers
1: largely women of color um and largely um, very young.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I, it, that was a really interesting thing for me to learn about because I was listening to uh, an episode of another really great true crime uh, uh, podcast called Crime Junkies, and they were talking about the Ridgway Killers. If you're mm-hmm. listening to this, you should absolutely check out Crime Junkies. It's a great podcast. It, and it is nuts. But then you, you also have uh, – people talk about – like Charles Manson and they call Charles Manson a serial killer and I'm like I don't even know if he qualifies.
1: I I don't think he does just because I mean as Charlie has famously said many times he never killed anybody.
0: But it's not even that like I can, I'm down with the fact that he is guilty of killing Oh no, he because, should absolutely.
1: Yeah. He well, he, mean, belo- he belonged where he was. Um and probably belongs where he is. Yeah. But we'll probably. get into that later in the podcast. Yeah. But, but um but um you yeah, know, Technically speaking, um, as far as we know, Charles Manson never actually directly killed anyone. As far
0: as we know, yeah. Um, but it's interesting because people call him a serial killer, but what I've, what has always been the c- kind of definition, at least in in my mind, of being a serial killer is that they have to have killed more than one person, and they have to have done it over a period of time with a cooling period in between.
1: Yes, because otherwise that would make them a spree killer if there's exactly. no cooling off period. And I feel
0: like... I feel like Charles Manson, if, if anything, and let's say we're saying, okay, he did not directly kill anyone, but he ordered these killings, and so he's responsible for them. Okay, so he is a killer, also, as far as I'm be, concerned.
1: Also, they have to absolutely be premeditated.
0: Premeditated, absolutely. Um, but he didn't really have a cooling off period between the Sharon Tate murders, the... the of, of Sharon Tate and right. Abigail Folger and, and everyone else who was in the house that night and then the La Bianca murders it was only I mean I don't even know if it was a couple days
1: I, I want to say it was, less it was than like a two week, or three I'm not a I'm not a Manson expert by any means but um, I don't think it was I think it was essentially like a long weekend yeah <laughs> <laughs> they did you know it's like that they had Friday and Monday off that weekend <laughs> so they got a little ambitious Woo-hoo. but you know it's like you guys got paid plans this weekend oh yeah no but um <laughs> It's it's funny to me how like, and we actually just kind of, we, we actually just did like the perfect example of this where it's kind of, the obsession with true crime changes so instantly from what happened to the victim to who the killer is. exactly Because we can't actually look at the death very long. No. <laughs> like, like the death is scary and makes us feel things. So we have to move immediately to kind of like trying to figure out why it happened, which usually leads to like in-depth psychological evaluations of the person who did it. And, mm-hmm. um... Then, of course, you have the sections of the true crime community. If you are unfamiliar with the term hybristophilia. I'm not absolutely familiar with that. Hybristophilia is a clinical, um, I don't want to say it's a diagnosis, but it's it's a clinical term that describes women who want to have sex with partner, and men. It doesn't have to be women, (laughs) but it's largely women, um, (laughs) who actively seek out and are um, attracted to partners who they know are violent, um, really? Yes. I've never heard of them. There before. are um there are a small but vocal um, <laughs> <laughs> contingent in the true crime community that are hybristophiliacs who actively like these are the guys, you know, Ted Bundy married after well, he got married during his trial. Yeah. <laughs> in a like wicked ass stunt. So did but, Charles Manson. Yeah. But like <laughs> Richard Richard, R- Richard Ramirez, like. the night stalker who violently raped and murdered people in LA for like six months, had like dozens of girls show up to his trial and they all wanted a piece of Ricky who was not good looking by any stretch of the imagination. Well, and that actually,
0: (laughs) it's funny you should bring that up because I was watching the Bundy tapes not that long ago with David and Everyone was going on about how attractive Ted Bundy was, and it was like, how could this man be a serial killer? I was like, if I saw that man walking down the street, I would cross the fucking street. He was ugly as fucking sin, and he had Frida Kahlo <laughs> eyebrows. I was like, I don't know what. I mean, he was he was seventies hot, I guess. <laughs> like, oh, oh, please, <laughs> please, he isn't hot in any decade. He looks like he looks like the dad from Modern Family if he lived in a basement and ate people's bones. Like, I, d- I don't, I don't know what people thought was so attractive about Ted. and ever, I was like, he's the most mediocre-looking white guy I have ever well, seen. Well,
1: I, I, I mean, I think you just hit it. I, I think it's no, it's it's because everybody kind of expects that you know he's a monster, so he should look like one. I know. And it's when he looks normal, it becomes, oh my God, he has movie star good looks. It's like, <laughs> no, he just looks like a regular dude. He just doesn't have a horn. Like that's like <laughs> like that's all it is. <laughs> like, he doesn't have cloven feet. And he had fucked up teeth. Like majorly fucked, fucked up teeth.
0: teeth. He absolutely did have fucked like, up his teeth. His
1: grill was busted.
0: But I think when it comes to I mean, we we've been talking a little bit about the killers, but when it comes to these these true crime stories, I think we're drawn to them because it like you said, it kind of reminds us of our own mortality. And it I I can say from my own personal experience that there's almost something comforting about knowing that I was not involved in something like that.
1: Does that make sense? It's um it's something that and this is something that I'm probably gonna bring up a couple of times. <laughs> but um uh it's kind of the idea of what is a good death versus a bad death. Mm-hmm. And I think that as people, we always hope for a good death, but we're <laughs> a little fascinated by the bad death. I know. Because it's that little bit of schadenfreude that, that hasn't happened to me yet <laughs> and hopefully will never happen to me. But it's it's that kind of, you're fascinated with it because like you the, the human – brain and the, the imagination is like an incredible thing. And, and, you know, we always kind of imagine what we would do in any scenario and to see what actually happens when that scenario plays out is absolutely <laughs> terrifying, but it's, it's fascinating. Like, oh, I did
0: not see that. It's, it's
1: like, Oh, I did not account for that. Um, like, <laughs> I didn't know it had so many teeth. <laughs> we'll get into your recurring nightmares yeah, later.
0: That's like, Absolutely like, one of them.
1: But, like, but um, <laughs> But yeah,
0: no. It's funny you should say that because one of the things that I was that you actually brought up in the conversation was mm-hmm. the idea of death positivity. Yeah. Which is a, a term that I find to be kind of hilarious. <laughs> <laughs>
1: death no, positivity it's, it's, no because this is like I mean this was at the bottom of the outline but we'll do it now it's fine <laughs> um, because I'm actually a big believer in death positivity um, I'm going to take this moment to take a, to do like a major shout out to Caitlin Doty and the Order of the Good Death um, if you don't know who Caitlin Doty is she does the Ask a Mortician YouTube series and mm. I secretly want to be her best friend except now it's not a secret because I said it on this podcast <laughs> but um, <laughs> well, at least
0: now you're one step closer
1: I'm one step closer I'm going <laughs> to at her uh, at tw- on Twitter on this I feel like we can be besties now right? <laughs> like, I just want to be best friends with the 30 something funeral director from California that's not weird is it um (laughs) no but um she owns her own funeral home it's it's really freaking cool um but (laughs) where are they going death positivity right um (laughs) after my shameless attempt to make friends with a semi-famous person um (laughs) death positivity is essentially the idea that the reason we're as a society and especially America as a society is so afraid of death is because we don't talk about it. Mm. We don't talk about it. We deny it. We, we kind of hide all the ugly stuff away and all kind of the nitty gritty real stuff about death away. And we don't talk about it ever. Like death is a thing that happens to everyone. So why Mm. do we treat it? Like Like it's this shameful thing. thing that like we all kind of just don't want to think about. And it's the idea that everyone could be really, much better adjusted about the whole thing if we did have open and frank discussions of what we're afraid of, of what we want to happen to us when we die, of what we want our family to do for us if we're ever in the act of dying. Mm-hmm. And it's, do you have
0: uh, a living will?
1: I I don't, and I should.
0: <laughs> I don't have one either. Um, Although I think, I, I mean, I trust David because he has... Uh, been there for me when I'm having yeah. some kind of existential crisis <laughs> and I'm like I'm gonna you know, die and, and, and he's I, like you're not dying <laughs> I think it's
1: it's one of those things that as long as you as you trust your next of kin and by next of kin I don't just mean the person who you expect to be making these decisions but the people who are also going to be around them when that decision has to be mm-hmm. made then I think the the living will is, is less important but at the same time you should have one if for no other reason than like Sarah knows exactly what I want but like God forbid we were in a car crash and we were both in that situation mm. You know, you got to make sure that you know your parents know what you want, or that your siblings know what you want, or that you know anyone else who could find themselves in the position of trying to having to make that decision for you. I'm gonna get it
0: like tattooed on my chest. <laughs> I mean, I like, don't, think don't that's... pull plugs for 14 days.
1: <laughs> Why 14 days? I don't know. I'm just making things
0: up. <laughs> give me 14 days to wake up. I'm a slow start. I'm not a boarding person.
1: <laughs> you know, put coffee in IV and give me 10 minutes. Damn it! <laughs> Seriously. <laughs>
0: Stop the propofol. uh,
1: But, you know, just being prepared, having kind of what you want laid out, like, that's all a big part of death positivity. And also things like, um, Caitlin Doty's a big proponent of, and I happen to believe in this, in the kind of, like, demystifying of the funeral process and, Mm. like, reestablishing rituals because what the American Funeral Society has... Society, the American funeral industry. I was like, like, society doesn't make sense. I mean, there probably is, but it doesn't matter. It's like Blade. Right? (laughs) (laughs) What the order doesn't want you to know. No, (laughs) but what the American funeral industry has kind of come to, and I I don't mean this in that they've done anything malicious, is just that sort of what it's evolved to be is kind of this very sort of behind closed doors process where the family isn't involved. And, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people don't actually know what they do to the corpse of your loved one when they die. Well, yeah. And it's like... And not knowing that, I, th- I think, does create a lot more anxiety around the whole process than it really needs to.
0: Well, and and I think that... It's like you said, people don't think about their time yeah. at all, almost. And I actually have spent a lot of time thinking about <laughs> Um, Probably more than it's deemed healthy. But... Um, I, I told you, when I die, I know what I want to happen to me after I die, but I've never, I don't give a lot of thought to what happens if I'm in a coma, what happens if I'm in a vegetative state, what happens if I'm uh, in a state where I am semi-conscious but unable to make decisions for myself. I, I haven't really thought much about that, honestly. And I think people should, um, which is kind of a, a tall order from someone who has never done it, but... <laughs> <laughs> You know, it. I I do think that it. It's scary to think of yourself in a situation like that, and so people are like, "Well, in that case, they, I'm going to stick my fingers in my ears and la 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 and pretend it's never going to happen to me."
1: No, but like, I mean, kind of a perfect example of this, and and you know, not to get terribly personal, but like, but it's going to be personal, <laughs> like when when our mother died. Yeah. Um. And we were all kind of standing there going did she want to be cremated? I'm pretty sure she wanted to be cremated. Like, I think that's what she wanted, but we never really talked about it. Like, like if we had had that conversation, I mean, not that, not that I think we made a bad decision or not that I regret the decision, but I do, I do think it would have made me feel a little better at the Mm. time to know exactly and I don't think what she would have wanted. I
0: don't remember specifically because everything is kind of a, a bit of a blur from that, that point in yeah. time. And our sister Jessica was actually the um power of attorney for our mother, so she dealt with a lot of the more technical aspects surrounding that situation.
1: Yeah, did mom have a will? Um, she must no, have. she didn't. She she died intestate, which is which is without a will. I didn't know that. I always thought
0: mom had a will, uh, but I just I, I assumed that Jessica...
1: No, I, I, I think, um, which, is, which is what happens a lot of, I mean, our, our, our mother was fairly young when she died. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I think a lot of people who, who die suddenly, particularly, tend to not have those things, unless mm-hmm. they are of an advanced age. I, th- I think the, the vast majority of people don't really even consider Having that kind of thing, unless a, they're very wealthy and they want to make sure that the money goes where they want. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, yeah, which I think is or, the most common answer.
1: Yeah, or <clears throat> um, you know, they're they're getting up there and they're thinking about it and they're mm-hmm. they're starting to worry that that what they want might not happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so you know, this is your little PSA for the day. Regardless of your age, regardless of your marital status, regardless of how healthy you are, like it's a good idea just to have that in writing somewhere.
0: Yeah, and I don't think it's terribly difficult to, it's to really not. have a, a, a will drawn. I mean, you do have to have a lawyer, which can be expensive, and I'm sure um, it's for some people prohibitive, but... Um, it
1: depends on the states. In certain states, you actually don't have to have a lawyer draft it, but you do have to have your signature on it and notarized.
0: I was going to say, it must be notarized at yes. least. Is that expensive?
1: Not usually. No? Most of the time... Second PSA. If you, if you, if you Sam have, also
0: used to work for the, the criminal justice system. So every time something happens, I'm like, is that, that
1: legal? They're going to start calling me Narky Baxter. Narky Baxter. Um, but like, I did not work in the criminal section. Was, no, you a very important not. distinction. But I did I did um, work for local government. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of those things that depending on the state that you're in, um, you don't necessarily have to have had it drafted by a lawyer Lawyers will always tell you that you should. It's usually a good idea, particularly if you're concerned that anyone might contest it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if you have that one dickhole son who you know is going to try to take more than his like quarter of what you're giving <laughs> him, like put that shit in writing because he's going to be a dick about it.
0: Yeah. Most um, people, if you think someone could be a dick, they probably, they probably going to be will be. They probably
1: will be. Trust your instincts and get it in writing. <laughs> and have a lawyer do that because he can contest it if you write it wrong. But um, <laughs> but you yeah, know um most places if you have an account um with a your local bank um most banks have a notary on staff mm-hmm. which means if you go in and say hey I have an account here they will usually notarize stuff if not for free then for a very small fee.
0: I've had things notarized at uh at my chosen bank.
1: I I have as well.
0: And it it wasn't hard. I actually think it was uh something that had to be notarized. I can't remember if it was with relation to my wedding or it might've been after mom died.
1: Um, it was after mom died because we had to have a notarized signature on the insurance claim
0: form. We did. Yes. yes. Um, um, and I don't think that cost anything if I remember, no. at least for me at my bank.
1: Um. Yeah, no, I think we use the same bank.
0: This is a very technical <laughs> conversation. All of a sudden we're advising people. I'm like, well, if your loved ones die, get the it. The Bar Association
1: is <laughs> going to come after this podcast.
0: <laughs> I know, they're like they're giving bad. Please do not follow any legal information on this podcast. We are not legal experts. We are,
1: we are not attorneys. We can only suggest to you what might be a good idea. Yeah, and we are, we are not, not experts on advice, anything. not advice. It is
0: just a suggestion. It is not advice. It is just uh, our our beliefs. Yes. And speaking of our beliefs, I actually think that that's a good segue into the next part of what we wanted to talk about with regard to death. When it comes to death, your, your belief system shapes a lot of what you feel about it. Do you, would you agree with that?
1: I absolutely agree with that. I actually think it also ties into kind of the death positivity thing that we were just talking about rituals and De- death rituals that that give us comfort and bring us closure tend to come from things like religion, cultural mm-hmm. upbringing, things like that. Exactly. Yeah. And you and
0: I are both devout pagans. I don't know. We're <laughs> pagans. Devout, We're godless people. <laughs> um, we are. We are. Uh, we are practicing witches.
1: We are heathens. Yes.
0: Heathens. Heathens. Heathens and heretics. Somewhere in heaven, Mima is like <laughs> no.
1: I actually think that she is. I I think I I I think um, just because I mean she she knew about me. Like we had some several really we had several. I didn't know you were practicing
0: before she passed.
1: Um, I I was. Um, (laughs) 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 and we we had several conversations about it. And um. We kind of came to the conclusion, which is I think kind of how all conversations about religion should go, which mm-hmm. is if it brings you comfort, I'm happy for you and yeah. you're not hurting anybody. So
0: I love you just the same. That's what I always tell people because I have a, a very close friend of mine, a uh, very, very close friend of mine, one of my mm-hmm. best friends, uh, is a is a very religious Christian person. They were raised uh, in a Christian family and they still believe in Christian beliefs. And they came over one night and David and I were, were talking to them and uh, and she was asking me about – all my my witchy stuff because it's on the mm-hmm. bookshelf over there, and, yeah. <laughs> and 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 she was like, "So what does this mean? Do you believe in like magic and cursing people?" And I was like, "Well, yes, to a certain extent, but it, <laughs> it, it's not quite like that." I was like, "You know, for me, witchcraft is something that inspires me to have faith in something."
1: I think that the way I've I've explained it to people. Um particularly people who are Christian, but people who of other faiths mm-hmm. who have talked to me about it, um, is spell work for me is absolutely no different than a prayer. I That's just exactly have more props. <laughs> like, like, yeah, it's exactly. Like, it's just like, ritualistic. It's just, like going to yeah, church. It's like you have a script. I have props. Yeah. Like, we're all good.
0: Yeah, you have the Lord's yeah. Prayer. And the Lord's Prayer is no different than me reciting a pre-written spell.
1: I mean, not everyone agrees with that statement, but I agree with this. Well, but in that,
0: in that the Lord's Prayer, you're asking for some kind of guidance yeah. from a higher power. And I think that when you're doing spell work, that's exactly yeah, what you're you doing.
1: Yeah, you are, you are asking the deity of your choice for something. Exactly. Um, even if it's just, you know, even if it's just a quick thank you and hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, like you're still, you're, you're just, you're talking to your God mm-hmm. or goddess or whoever. And or multiple, or multiple deities. at the same time. You know, we like to party. It's fun. We do like to party,
0: <laughs> and you know, it's funny. I was telling her all this, and sh- she was kind of slowly coming around to it. And she was like, "Okay, so like, what does that mean? Like, what are all these things you have?" And I was like, I showed her, you know, a pendulum and how it worked, and I was like, you know, it's not. It's not some, like, weird divinatory thing. It's just something I use to ask advice from the energy yeah, it's a, around me. Yeah,
1: it's a means of communication. It's a, it's a spiritual exactly. telephone.
0: Exactly. It's
1: move this and tell me what you want me to know. Exactly. And,
0: you know, some people believe that that is uh, talking to a specific spirit or, uh, you and know, And it, it can energy, be used for those things. Um Or. Some some people just believe that you're asking the energy around the, the you for universe guidance or, or, you know, it could be a deity. It, it could be anything. And I <laughs> showed her. If
1: you're a member of the Jedi Temple, you're asking the Force. It's <laughs> yeah, fine. you're talking to Yoda.
0: Yeah. And, um... <laughs> I was, I showed her, I was, cause she was like, I don't don't believe in any of this. And I was like, well, you don't have to. I was like, that's not a big deal. And she was like, so show me it. How does it work? And I took the pendulum. I keep my pendulum always hanging on a hook on my bookcase. And I took it off the hook and I was like, well, this is my pendulum. And you know, it's made of dragon's blood and you know, whatever. Dragon's (laughs) blood is a
1: stone.
0: I am aware that it is not a dragon. (laughs) Dragon's blood is a stone. So what you're
1: saying is you used to have a lizard.
0: <laughs> I used to have a lizard. Uh, uh, it belonged to my friend Daenerys, and I borrowed it. And now she doesn't have a lizard anymore either.
1: Well, she only has two left. And Game of Thrones premieres on Sunday, and I'm so excited, and I, I can't talk I about it want, on here. I know. I don't even
0: want to get into it. I know you don't. But I took I took my pendulum off the hook, and I I I you know I held my hand out, and I said, you know I. It's just a, a thing that I use to give myself guidance. And I was like, the first thing you do is you always center it. And I took a second. And the pendulum was like swinging back and forth. And I held my hand out and I held my pendulum over it. And the, the pendulum literally just went Woof, and like centered itself. And she, I saw her eyes like, huh? And I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, it's just a tool. I was like, it's not, you know. It, it's not something to be scared of. It's something no. that I use to advise myself, and I let her use the pen I let her ask a question and mm-hmm. the and you know uh use the pendulum, and then I staged it after and then I, <laughs> I actually read some tarot for her, and uh it was actually a very moving experience for her um because she asked a very personal question. And I won't get into it yeah um on the podcast, but it was something where like it made it made witchcraft less scary for her because it it was the realization that, like, it's actually just based on... Your experience with the world. It's not. It's
1: just nature and energy. Yeah. Like, I'm, not, I'm not, not sitting at home like yeah. s- no stirring one sacrifice- a, a
0: cauldron and, and cursing people.
1: No one's sacrificing goats. No one's like taking the blood of virgins. No. I mean, and if they are, you should call the police. Yeah, because that is not. That is not. <laughs> and uh, we will be the first ones to call the police. <laughs> I know. Because if you're. And, and this is something that really pisses me off is that. Unless they're practicing Santeria, in which case certain animal sacrifices is, is legally allowed. Is it really? I believe it extends to like chickens. Chickens, Yeah, but but yes, no. Well, that's in certain like, areas, um, that Santeria is per- permitted to perform a ritual. I sacrifice. didn't know that. I mean, when you think about it, though, I mean, like think about kosher butchering. <laughs> like, I know.
0: I like, <laughs> I was actually just about to bring that up because <laughs> yeah. it is like kind of a horrifying thing to see. But <laughs> I but mean, that's I, part I get of it. someone's
1: faith, and that's part of their culture, and yeah. and you have to respect that.
0: And I don't, I don't mean any disrespect. <laughs> I'm just saying that having seen. in action, I'm like, woof, that's that's a lot. I've
1: seen the videos too. (laughs) And and it's it's a little like, not my cup of tea, but like, you know what? That's important to you.
0: If that's that's, (laughs) that's how you do, that's how you do. Um, And I think that when it comes to death, now that we've kind of delved into our our paganism a little bit, um, I do personally believe in spirits and in an afterlife of some kind. I don't. Necessarily believe in like a a heaven or a hell. I just believe that there is something else. If that makes sense,
1: it does. And I, I think um, for our listeners who are unfamiliar with paganism, it's not really like kind of organized religion where sort of everyone believes the wrong the same thing. Yeah, everyone kind of. Has um, everyone kind beliefs. of has their own take on it. Um, I personally um, kind of. I, I do believe in an afterlife because if I didn't I would go crazy. I, I think was, like, that
0: was one of the things. I, was I think like, <laughs>
1: like, and it's, it's not that I need a reward for good behavior or that like I no. need, I need the threat of hell to keep me from doing something bad. It's, it's more the idea of my consciousness ceasing is what terrifies me about death. Same. Yeah. So it's kind of that, that idea of the afterlife. I take great comfort in kind of physics in this instance. And the, the idea that energy can neither be created or destroyed. Yeah, exactly. Which means it has to go somewhere, even it has if that's to just to, to a something. fucking blade of, gl- blade of grass and we all sing Circle of Life. But like, <laughs> Even if I'm just
0: waving in the wind for a few years. <laughs> just
1: singing Kumbaya with the other blades of grass. Oh, that would actually be kind of a sweet act <laughs> right? to ki- Wouldn't it be kind of nice, you know, until global warming murders us all?
0: Or, no, or, but- <laughs> or if someone brings their dog to shit? <laughs> that, that
1: would hey, be- <laughs> if I'm a blade of gla- grass, you're just feeding me, man. That's fine. <laughs> oh, with some fava beans <laughs> and the nice candy. <laughs>
0: But <laughs> um, yeah, I will say now that you brought it up, my something that has left me lying awake, terrified on multiple occasions, is the concept of eternity.
1: Yes, um,
0: it scares the shit out of me.
1: Well, I mean, because it's 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 ineffable, you know. And Good Omens yeah. is coming on Amazon at some point. Um, <laughs> it is ineffable, but um, it's. You, it does not matter how long you think about it. Your your brain will never truly grasp what eternity means. Yeah, and that is that is kind of it's it's terrifying because it's one of the few areas where I think humans really can see the limit of what rational thought can do. Exactly. Which is a terrifying thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because we're like, how long is eternity? And it's like, well, it's forever. But it's like, but how long is forever? But how
1: do you have a concept of what the fuck forever is when you can't, like, you can't remember sixth grade?
0: (laughs) And not only that, but like, if... If eternity is eternal, when did it start? How did it start? Where yeah. is it going? How is there, an, is there end? an end?
1: I've been told by science that everything ends. Does everything really end? Or like, like, like what? Is, I know. It's, it's ser-
0: that kind of like, 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 what, even what right if there's now? an
1: afterlife, but then the death of the sun ruins it? Like, it spirals <laughs> out of control.
0: And like, right now, I am already feeling like the start of a panic attack Do you because it? I'm like... Do you need a next <gasps> before we keep I don't know. I'm just this. like, I, it, <laughs> it's, it's so much to take in. Like, how? And then there are some people who are like, well, what can I do about it? And like that's a that's a good enough answer for them and I'm like y- I was like, my god, to live in your brain would be <laughs> I was like, how do you how do, how can you just be like I mean, uh, I'm like <laughs> my brain doesn't do that.
1: My brain doesn't have an off switch. It doesn't have a panic button. <laughs> it's it's a good enough answer for me if I catch the spiral quick enough. It's it's one of those things that like if I have the thought what happens to me after I die? And I think I can't do anything about it, so it doesn't matter. Quick enough, maybe I won't have a panic attack. <laughs> but it doesn't, It almost never works. But it's, it never works
0: for me. I can say with a 100% kind of certainty like, it never works for me.
1: I, I think one of the things um, besides eternity that I think scares the crap out of me, and I think this says so much about me as a person, <laughs> is like, like, this idea that like life is a test and I'm never going to see the answer sheet. Yeah, like,
0: like, like, it's like, like filling out a scantron and then feeding it to your dog. And then never getting the score
1: back. It's like, it's like, well, wait, did I did I make the right decision? Was bubble gum the correct flavor for me? Of fluoride <laughs> in the dentist's office when I was I in know. fourth grade? Would peppermint have been better? Like I know. Was I right to ignore that homeless guy? Like, like, and like, I think about that
0: kind like, of thing all the time because it's like, well. Will I ever know that if I make a selfless decision now and I like I die before yeah. it ever comes to light that I made that decision, mm-hmm. Like, will it ever truly affect anything? And will it ever have any real consequence to me? You yeah. know what I mean? And I mean, I guess there are people who would argue that it's like, well, of course it'll have a, a consequence for you because you will know you did the right thing or what you thought was the right thing. Right, but it's but- like- I won't even like how do I but know it was know? the right thing? <laughs> will it will I see in, you know, several decades after I'm gone that the decision I made paid off for the people later? You know, and th- that is why I have a lot of respect for most of our presidents
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> with several notable exceptions. Mostly one.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, g- I'm going to throw I'm going to throw Andrew Jackson in there too. Uh, and, and, a, and a handful of others. What the fuck? Let's
0: throw in Reagan. <laughs>
1: you can have him. <laughs> it's actually kind of funny because we were talking about cultural, and now we're speaking Ill of the dead, no. but, uh, like, which is a major cultural faux pas in the West. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but it's no, it 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 fucks people up. I think the idea that like you're never going to get like your performance review. Yeah, basically. Like that that scares the shit out of me. Like, like, like the idea that I'm never going to have someone go, no, you did a good job. Or I you were a terrible person. Like like, <laughs> like we're considering sending you back as like a dung beetle because of how terrible a person you are.
0: But honestly, <laughs> like, I think this ties back into the conversation before because it's like you were saying, you know, I think people who believe in, in – you know, systems like Christianity, they believe in those because it is comforting to know that one day you will die and you will be judged. And someone will say, you were a good per-. And I think yeah. most people believe that, that they'll be told they'll they, be were, told a they were a good person. But. There's some comfort in knowing that after this, you will, you will either pass the test or you won't. And anyone who's taken the bar knows that that's not exactly comforting. No. But,
1: <laughs> and neither of us have ever taken the bar. So, you know, I know. Please let us know if we're wrong. Um, as we mentioned previously, neither of us have taken the bar and you shouldn't listen to anything we do. Don't did. listen to our advice. Um, None but... of our
0: advice is good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I think there's a certain comfort in knowing that someone, somewhere, someday will say, good job.
1: I think that there's comfort to that. I think that a lot of people, um, particularly a lot of people I know who are are atheists and don't believe that mm-hmm. there's any kind of afterlife. And being an atheist doesn't necessarily mean you believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, it just means that you don't believe that it has anything to do with the divinity. But it's it's right. kind of, a, a lot of them kind of feel the exact opposite is that they find comfort in the idea that there is no afterlife because they will not be judged. Exactly. And it's... I, I think that's kind of a result of how black and white we make that judgment sound mm-hmm. in certain cultures and religions. But it's, it's one of those things. I, I like to think that any deity that would stick us here, knowing full well how fucked up, you know, the prototype was...
0: <laughs> yeah there's got to be a curve
1: w- would be a little forgiving it, it, it's 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 a, it's a little like if you buy a discount roomba you can't be surprised if it flings itself <laughs> down the stairs you know like- when you buy <laughs> it's a well, little you get what you pay for <laughs> <It's> like,
0: <laughs> like that video of like the burping machine for the baby when the hand just starts violently beating the shit out of it it's, like, it's like a doll by the way <laughs> it's not a video of an actual baby being beaten to death by a machine but it's like they you can't be them. mad <laughs> you can't be mad if the machine does that because it didn't know any better and you designed the machine yeah exactly <laughs> at, the, at a certain point I have to go well I've made a terrible mistake right.
1: <laughs> like so, either we have a divinity who's 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 afraid of, of, of accountability,
0: or Donald Trump is actually God. Oh,
1: God, don't. <laughs> why would you even say that? Now I'm an atheist.
0: I know. No, like, I give up all belief in anything.
1: <laughs> Um, which is kind of funny because when he got elected, like, it made me question some <laughs> Like, I had a little bit of an existential crisis. I will say um, that,
0: just to go on a small political yeah, tangent, ahead. that I, I, for That's those fun. of you who were, were, are shocked by this, uh, we are liberals. <laughs> we are we're some snowflakes here at My Spooky Gay Family. Yeah. Um, I I was watching a documentary and this is just to <laughs>
1: Snowflake lesbian witches. Snowflake <laughs> lesbian
0: witches. I feel like there's a there's gotta be a Republican t shirt somewhere that's not. That's my that. that's
1: my next subject. No, no, but like my my favorite freaking joke on the internet ever is that reading leads to witchcraft and lesbianism. And I'm like, oh my god, it's true. It's true, it happened. Like, it happened. It happened to me. It happened to me. I I I will tell you
0: this. I read a lot and I did not end up being a lesbian.
1: That's that's true. To to be fair, that is fair. But you did end up being a witch.
0: <laughs> I did end up being a witch. I made it three it's quarters. Reading of the way. leads
1: to witchcraft and le- witchcraft and lesbians. Some exceptions may apply. Some exceptions
0: <laughs> may <laughs> apply. Like like a, I'm like a discount Roomba. <laughs> Jesus,
1: <laughs> myself down, down the stairs. The stairs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Excuse me. So I don't know. When it comes to death, it's just a it's it's such a crazy thing to think about. But I I do think that some of the ways we cope with it are um, they're represented in media in a certain way, specifically because of the way we feel about it. Do you agree with that?
1: I absolutely agree with that. I, I think it's also I, I think it's shaped by and it's sort of like a vicious cycle. It's we create media. So the death in media comes from our cultural values and then it cycles back and creates new ideas about death (laughs) because we watch the media. (laughs) So it's (coughs) kind of like death is my favorite character in several like movies and books and comic books and all kinds of things. Like if you've ever read Sandman, like death is an amazing character in Sandman by Neil Gaiman. She is like my favorite comic book character ever. (laughs) Um, But then you have something like Final Destination, where death is
0: a fucking prick.
1: <laughs> death is Rube Goldberg. Yeah, apparently. basically, like it's Mitch McConnell. De- <laughs> like, like, death is fucking Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. Is just sitting here going like, I'm not just going to decapitate you. I'm going to decapitate you after a twelve step process that you will never see coming. <laughs> like death is sitting there like fucking Liam Neeson, going like, I have a very, pers- I have a very specific set of skills. <laughs> I, I will,
0: will find, find you. you. <laughs> like. i personally like death in the muppet christmas carol yeah no death in the muppet christmas carol is <laughs> he, he shows up in a lot of ways in that one
1: <laughs> my goodness and is actually the scariest part of that movie
0: oh absolutely but that was the thing about the muppets they they were both hilarious and terrifying when they wanted to be oh big time i love the muppets the muppet family christmas best christmas movie ever made
1: yes with the possible exception of Muppet Family Christmas, which was a made-for-TV Christmas movie. What did I say? You said Muppet Christmas Carol. I thought you did. No, I said Muppet Family Christmas. Okay, never mind then.
0: <laughs> I thought I did at least. I, I <laughs> might have had a stroke. I smell toast. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I do think that when it comes to when it comes to death, uh, I do think that it kind of shows up in strange ways in our uh, pop culture, especially.
1: Particularly, um, I was always a big fan of the show. It was on in the 90s, it was on Showtime, it was called Dead Like Me. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> in which a a girl is hit by a toilet seat, dies, and becomes a grim reaper. And it's she this is just like her nine to five. She's a grim reaper.
0: You know what's funny? I saw the commercials for that and I never watched <laughs> it.
1: It's hilarious. It's is a wonderful it? show, and Manny Patenkins in it. <laughs> but like <laughs> <and> everything.
0: <laughs> Manny Patinkin is one of the weirdest people.
1: It's like Inigo Montoya is sitting there handing out her like her schedule. Really? Yeah. Huh. But um, yeah, no. It's 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 this. It's a thing that happens in media a lot, and I think it's my favorite trope about death in media is that kind of like death is a low level bureaucrat. Maybe it's like, maybe <laughs> He's it's like be- a clerk. Maybe it's because I've been a low level bureaucrat, but like, but it's one of those things. Death where it's like, is just like, like Porky just,
0: Pig in fucking yeah. night nightgownery feet. Yeah. Yes. Feet. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think that – do you think that the portrayal of death in media has changed how well you cope with death or the idea of death? I say, like, you're coping with your own death right now.
1: (laughs) I mean, we all are. How do you feel being dead? (laughs) Um, I I think it has changed how I look at it. I think that – you kind of get mixed messages depending on what kind of media you watch. Like, I, I'll get several different messages <laughs> based mm-hmm. on what I watch. Um, but, like, I, I... I think I, in a, in a weird way... I'm, I am still terrified of it, and I still have my, you know, nightly 3 a.m. existential crisis, yeah, and, and I still lay up in bed. But, like, <laughs> I always kind of... I, I think the way I kind of comfort myself is with the media I've seen is that kind of, like, I am choosing... You know Terry Pratchett's Death as the death I'm gonna think about um, I don't think I know it. Terry Pratchett, in his Discworld series um wrote several books about death mm-hmm. and death is a character within Discworld, and he's like at one point he has a granddaughter who he likes to spend time with <laughs> like like it's one of those things it's the idea it's kind of like oh my God, I'm gonna say it um, <laughs> um it's it's kind of j k. Rowling. It's that you know the brother under the invisibility cloak met death as an old friend. It's that Mm. that's kind of how I want to look at it. Yeah, and Harry Potter actually specifically had like a huge impact on how I deal with death really yeah no because I think that um, particularly things like Dumbledore saying you know to the well organized mind, death is but the next great adventure like like there's there's a lot of like the Harry Potter books are about death and I it's mean like, in,
0: <laughs> in every way
1: like it's literally Harry Potter and the deathly fucking hell is the whole point of <laughs> this is Voldemort doesn't want to die he's afraid of death death positivity prevents fascism <laughs> so, <laughs> wizarding fascism would be prevented if everyone was a little more death positive I'm sorry I'm like leaning it Into the mic, but um, it's it's that kind of way. um, I I I think sort of those sentiments specifically kind of spoke to me on kind of of I do agree that you know
0: it's funny I never really thought of Harry Potter that way before I've I never I mean I always knew how important death was to the story but I never really saw it entirely as a metaphor for death and I don't think that that's necessarily how J.K. Rowling intended it, but it is actually, I mean, I'm sure some of it was intentional, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't think the entire series is a metaphor for death, but I do think that there are a lot of messages about death in it that affect
1: no, absolutely. And I mean specifically like the fact that Harry's an orphan and spends most of his life and oh my god, I'm such a nerd. Mm-hmm. Spends most of his life kind of trying to develop a relationship with his parents who are dead. Who are dead and yeah. in the last book he actually gets to talk to them. Spoiler alert if you have not read this. Like <laughs> it's been Oh my years. god. <laughs> <laughs> um it has not been 20 years Don't you say that. It has been 20 years. It, it's been 20 years since the first one was published, not since the series ended. Um, am I 40 yet? Cause I was in my twenties when it ended. Don't look at me like that. No, you weren't. Yes, I was. I was a- the last Harry Potter book. I went to the midnight release party with my I love my that you wife. didn't want
0: to date yourself earlier. And now you're like, <laughs> I, I was care. 22 years
1: old. <laughs> I don't, I don't care on this one. No, but <laughs> I, I think I've said my age. I'm 33. Like yeah. we'll just, we'll just drop that. And I'm not. No, you're 30.
0: <laughs> for at least but a little while. Longer. For at least a
1: little while longer. Um, but my my lovely wife and I went to the midnight release party for The Deathly Hallows and stayed up all night reading it.
0: And at your age, that must have been quite a challenge.
1: It was quite a challenge. <laughs> I had to drink several cups of coffee. Um, <clears throat> no. But, um, but no, I was definitely in my 20s. But um, the, the point is that I lost the thread. <laughs> it's, um, the point is that. I hate you because you <laughs> made me do that. It's fine. Um, I didn't make you, do anything. you made me do that. You did. Um, it's <laughs> like this is the family part of the show. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but what I was Harry Potter, death. Harry Potter and Death. Um, I just don't remember the. He point was, was
0: talking the to his. He
1: eventually. He was, to his yes, he, the, the, the whole the whole thing is kind of like. I mean, the fact that Harry has to die. In order to, to fulfill <laughs> his his prophecy as the chosen one, that yeah. neither can live while the other survives, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like the bad guys are called death eaters. Like, like, there's just it's it's overwhelming just sort of how much the book is how people cope with death. Mm-hmm. And you see Dumbledore as kind of the the best possible example, which is that kind of you go into it with the knowledge that it's gonna happen and that. You're just ready for it, and you willingly have, and passively. <laughs> yeah, and you have Voldemort, who is the exact opposite, who is dragged, kicking and screaming, and does everything he possibly can to avoid it, even though it is unavoidable. Mm. It's delusional how avoidable, how avoidable he thinks it is. I know, but <clears> and
0: <throat> I don't think that that's only a storytelling mechanism. I think it's scary how many people, in actuality cope with the idea of death by pretending it will never happen.
1: No, and I I, I absolutely agree with that. <laughs> it's it's like which is which makes it especially hard when you have anxiety around the topic because like mm-hmm. your your first instinct as a human being is to just say, I'm not gonna think about it. Yeah. And I and, think but that's it's, how people it's
0: one get thing there. to say I won't think about it and it's another thing to say it will not happen. Like that is a yeah. that is a course <clears> of denial <throat> that I just don't even know if there are antibiotics for that.
1: No but like, like <laughs> I can't tell you how many people have looked at me when I say that I'm worried about it and they'll be like, you're 33. What are you worried about? I'm like, there are buses. (laughs) I could step in front of one tomorrow by accident. Like like, like your age does not protect you. Like it's not, there are no guarantees. And
0: you hear stories all the time of people far younger than we are. Children, babies. Who pass away from a myriad of different things. But again, I'm not saying this to incite fear. I'm saying it because it really is... Kind of this bizarre part of life. And I think the reason people fear it so much is that there really is no solid answer in any way about what comes next.
1: No, And there there can't be. No. Like, there just can't be. Because, like, for all of the – as much as I personally take comfort from doing things like reading accounts of people who were clinically dead for a couple minutes and came back Mm – I've actually like, never really read any of those. <clears throat> like, some of them will say, I saw a white light. Some of them will say, I saw all my family. Like, some of them mm-hmm. will say, I was in hell. And there <laughs> there are a number of them who are like, nothing. I remember nothing. Like, nothing was there. Yeah. It's a void. And it's that kind of... Jon Snow in Game of Thrones said there was nothing. <laughs> We're gonna see how many. To be fair,
0: he is he is a fictional he, I mean, person, and he
1: knows nothing. So why would he see anything? I know, I'm just saying he maybe can't be trusted. Maybe that's what
0: it comes down to. When you die, you go into what into what was actually in your brain.
1: That that that's <laughs> a, <laughs> there was nothing
0: there. Yes, we know, John.
1: It's it's one of those things like there are some people who have kind of a theory that like those visions are a hallucinations or B our brain kind of has like firing mechanism not thing. the kill switch but like there's there's like it runs like the, the termination program mm. at the end of life where it's kind of like i'm going to give you this nice like i'm going to give you what you expect to see it's kind of a dream state mm. in order to have you not panic while this is happening that's like really that, that's like an evolutionary thing which i thought was a very interesting concept but is also terrifying
0: it is kind but of because for like, like- <laughs> For, like, you know, anywhere between 10 seconds and, like, 20 minutes, you could be having this great afterlife, and then all of a sudden it's not.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, and and then you get to the idea of the whole, like, a lot of people have, have kind of asked me, just because I do tend to be a little more left-brained and a little more logical sometimes, that, mm-hmm. like, like, how can you possibly believe in an afterlife? and And the answer is, like, if I'm wrong, I'm never going to know that I'm wrong. Exactly. Like, because once the lights go out... Mm-hmm. I will cease to know anything. I know. So what is it hurting me to believe, to believe that it's going to happen if I can literally never be proven wrong?
0: Exactly. And you know what's interesting? I actually was watching for the first time the other day, Religulous with Bill Maher. Mm-hmm. And I think he is such a fucking dickhead.
1: I oh, don't even get me think I think he
0: is, he is like Christopher <laughs> Hitchens level asshole. And it's like... <laughs> he and i was like oh this is why people hate leftists <laughs> because i was like i was like wow what a terrible thing to go around the world trying to rob people of their faith and it's like you you can't say that just because people believe in something that it makes them unintelligent because that's literally the definition of faith it is to believe in something without the burden of proof
1: it's also just it's this it's this idea and i am by no means a science snier like like absolutely no I believe very
0: strongly in science. It's
1: because it's real. Yeah. But it's one (laughs) of those things where, like, it's that stupid men in black quote. It's it's that fucking, you know, 100 years ago, 400 years ago, they knew the earth was flat. Mm -hmm. Imagine what you'll know tomorrow. Yeah. It's, we don't know what the limits of scientific discovery are. We don't know what the limits... Of any of this are Science changes Science changes all the time Because and we not find because out Something the, new
0: Not because the facts change But because our understanding Of it changes
1: Or we get greater context Yeah So the idea of oh. Telling people that Science says you're wrong And you should stop Being a dumbass Yeah Is a royal dick move <laughs> Yeah Because what you know Is gonna be different In a hundred years
0: Yeah Exactly if, if it, not it could Significantly be less
1: different. than that Yeah You know 30 years ago We couldn't make a cell phone Smaller than, you know,
0: like <laughs> than, than a Smaller brick. than a
1: brick <laughs> You know, now we can make it any size you want. You know, it's we touch screen it and in your it spies head. on you. Uh, yeah. Like, like it's practically a sentient being.
0: Basically. Like, and it will throw itself down the stairs. And it will
1: throw itself down the stairs if you buy a cheap one. <laughs> <No>! <laughs> <laughs> but, uh oh. <laughs> and it does the wally scream All it will. Yeah.
0: Like, <laughs> I don't know. I can't I don't I don't, I don't know <laughs> if I can handle it anymore.
1: I feel like this is an unusually deep conversation. It is. But show. I don't I don't think it's
0: <laughs> unusual for us to have deep conversations. I just think uh it, it is actually really interesting because I don't think you and I have ever spent a lot of time talking about death.
1: I mean we've we've certainly sort of sort of brushed the topic. I Um, mean, I'm
0: sure we have. You and I are both panic-stricken people.
1: (laughs) We're both going to go take, like, three Xanax. I'm
0: I'm literally looking (laughs) at my bar cart right now, like, oh, you look like a good friend. (laughs) Like,
1: like, you want some scotch? (laughs) Like, yeah, that sounds good. That's the other way you deal with knowing that you're mortal. You drink. You drink,
0: yeah. Maybe that's where mom got it. Um, Kids, I think think that's about... Although, actually, I do have a question before we go. Um, If there is... A heaven. Yes. What would yours be? Oh my
1: god, this is so hard because I'm so torn between saying what I think it would actually be and something funny.
0: Oh no, I think I'm. I, I just want. <laughs> I just want to know what, like, in in your mind, you walk out the door, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're leaving Sam behind. <laughs> Well, the the
1: where is the door in this scenario? <laughs> it's which, in your brain. Which which orifice is the door? <laughs> it's so, the, I'm, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping it's the mouth. So, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, hoping it's the mouth. Um, <laughs> I don't think
0: I will fit through my mouth. I think my mouth is far too small for the, the context of me.
1: You're a okay, whatever. <laughs> You're a drag queen. How you? I'm to also a little massive
0: mouth. person. <laughs> I've been on Weight Watchers six times <laughs> this year. <laughs> Um, if you, if you, you open the door, you walk out, what's there waiting for you? The first thing that pops into your head.
1: Um, honestly, probably Mima Mm -hmm. and like every book ever written. (laughs) Like Mima and a library and a huge steaming pot of tea. (laughs) And if Sarah's gone before me, her as well. But I really, really, really doubt that's gonna happen, which is why it wasn't the first thing I said. <laughs> I no, that's the one selfish thing we have agreed upon is that I'm dying first. Really? Like if she is on life support, like if they take her into surgery and they're like she's not gonna make it, you're just gonna plot. I down. have my cyanide <laughs> pill in my back too. <laughs> they're like, Sam, she made where is she? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. First sign of trouble and I'm out. No. <laughs> <laughs> she stubs her toe, you're like Probably.
0: But <laughs> Sarah's walking down the street on her phone. She does. She's like walking dangerously close to the curb. You're like, I, I. do I bite? Do I bite?
1: The left side's the antidote, so I bite the right <laughs> side. Bite the left side, if it doesn't pan out. You have
0: a very complicated dental <laughs> system. So well, I had. Bottom. The, She's I was like, just... I have a, I have a pullout bed.
1: As a public employee Wah. for a really long time, we have those Cadillac health plans. It's it's just it's part of it. <laughs>
0: that must That's be why my plan is shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think if I die, a I agree.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If I die, I will open the door, and if he has gone before me, which I sincerely doubt, David will be there, and I think that we will be in a cheesecake factory. <laughs> that no one else is in.
1: <laughs> See, think, you made me
0: go sincere, and then you I didn't fun. make you do anything. <laughs> and I, that is, I, I, honest to God, I just want to be in a shopping mall filled with my favorite, uh, my favorite, like, food stores. Like, I want an Auntie Anne's. Mm-hmm. I want a Cheesecake Factory. I want a Hula Hands. I want a Popeye's. I want all of them. 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 And then, when you walk out the front door of the mall, you walk into my... Cape Cod-style beach house that is also a farm.
1: <laughs> Your Cape Cod-style beach house that is also a farm. Yeah. It's okay. my heaven. I can have what I want. <laughs> what are you farming on the beach? <laughs> I, I don't know. Seashells. <laughs> I can,
0: I can farm anything. I'm farming donuts. That's what I'm farming. I'm farming Krispy Kreme donuts.
1: <laughs> I'm like, I want to haul the Library of Congress.
0: <laughs> the only holes I want in my... Eternal timeline are donut holes. those are the only holes I want. <laughs> <laughs> all right kids i think I, I I don't know if I can talk about death anymore. This is so morbid
1: i don't think it was. I thought that was a very sort of i I thought that was actually a lot lighter than I was expecting,
0: like I thought we did okay well, yeah, no, it was definitely light, but I'm just like I, like I said, I have an existential dread of eternity. So any yeah. conversation about death immediately just turns me into a basket case. That's fair. Um, I don't think I can, I can go on that's, talking about this. That's
1: <laughs> <fair>. <laughs> if nothing else, I, I, I mean, I don't know what the time marker says on there, but I think we were here for a long. We have, but we've been going for a, a, a long time. Okay.
0: Eternity almost.
1: <laughs> it's ineffable. You can't ineffable. do it. It's fine. <laughs> All <laughs> right, kids. My name is Pissy Miles. I'm Sam Baxter. Mime. And I'm Sam Baxter.
0: Mime. mime Sam Baxter. He's only going to edit out things She's when he speaks. Mime Sam
1: Baxter.
0: Mine are Baxter. all going to be out there. I love that you give your circus I'm, repertoire when you have mime Sam Baxter. I'm a
1: writer. I don't speak. There's a reason I type things out. If I misspell something, I can delete it. All right, kids. My name is Pissy Miles. And I'm Sam Baxter.
0: <laughs> and this is my Spooky Gay Family. For the first time, we get to say, uh, if you enjoy the podcast, please like and subscribe. And also visit us at myspookygayfamily.com. You can find all of our social media there. We are on Twitter at my Spooky, at spooky Gay Fam, yes. right? Or is it my Spooky Gay Fam? No,
1: it's at Spooky Gay Fam.
0: <laughs> if you like the podcast, please like and subscribe. And then Head on over to myspookygayfamily.com. You can see all of our social media there. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Tumblr. We have all of them, uh, and you can follow us at Spooky Gay Fam. That is our handle on just about everything. So remember, kids. Till next time, stay spooky and remember. Sometimes
1: that is better.
0: My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Elon, and this episode contains clips from Pet Cemetery, copyright 1989, Paramount Pictures. Please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions.
1: Barbara Duel.